What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to more to it. The show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude, it's your boy Bishop from Juice, scaring y'all out there right now. Isn't it crazy you put a hood on no matter who you are? You're like, you okay? Everything good? Nah, it's your boy Marcel Swally wishing you guys a happy Memorial Day. Hope you guys have a festive day full of food and fun and family. And some of y'all be popping fireworks. I see all of that. So just enjoy yourself today. But before you get your day started, I'm glad you're here with your boys supporting me. So let's start this show off right now. What's up with that dude? Woo! What a weekend. Them holiday weekends, you always plan them out. Like, oh, my calendar, erase everything, delete everything. I'm going to chill. And then the holiday weekend comes and everything changes. Man, it started on Friday after the show for me. I went to my son's school. Uh, he was performing in the Olympics. So they had their Olympics out there. Uh, all the way first grade, all the way to sixth graders competing in all these skill challenges. Uh, the best one, obviously, was the 40-yard dash. Everybody, including the kids, were like, the 40 was the funnest. So... Walked out there, saw my boy, a lot of expectations, a lot of pressure on little man because uh, it's kind of known school-wide that he can roll, he can run. Uh, not just first grade, but he can roll. So he goes out there first time. Um, I'll post a video on social media soon. He smokes everybody. But then one of the kids lost their shoe. So they said, run it back. And they ran it back. And he ran first again. He went out there and did his thing. It was sweet. Long story short, they got a bronze medal. And at first, I can't lie to y'all, you know, I keep it one thou wow. I was like, bronze? Uh, my son, you know, bronze, like, what you talking about? And then turns out, they only had two divisions. First, second, and third graders lumped together. 
four, fifth, sixth graders lumped together. So my son helped lead his team, excuse me, his country of Singapore to a bronze medal competing against second and third graders. So they smoked all the first graders and then they end up getting third overall for the lower school division. Proud of my boy, man, because he went out there and lived up to those expectations. All right, other than that, that night went to our friend's house, Sebastian Maniscalco. You may know who he is because he's a big-time comedian. You may also know because this movie just came out this weekend about my father. So the fun thing was being with your friend while he was doing something major, but he was just sitting there chilling, eating pasta like the rest of us, right? So his movie came out. Hopefully you guys go out there and check that movie out. We had a great night just chilling, talking about how it really feels to be in that moment. Uh, Then woke up the next day, lost my voice. Went to basketball, coach, you know, Phil Belichick over here. We showed up, we only had four players. Now, the other team had eight players. So they could have opted to play us four on four. They chose to go five on four. First, I was a little mad at that, but then I was like, you know what? That makes sense because he didn't want to rob some of their players of the rotation and time they could play just because we were undermanned because of the holiday. All right. And then one of our star players got hurt. We literally were in a game and we were winning this game with three players. We were playing three on five for most of the game and almost won, but obviously fatigue kicks in. I lost my voice. I had to flake on this big interview I had to do with Anton Daniels. Much love to everybody, but I had to rest the voice. Sorry, I had to flake on all these events. After that, uh, went to the movies yesterday, saw The Little Mermaid. Y'all should check that out. I never seen the original, so I don't know if it's amazing or not, but everybody I tell that I loved it, they say, but did you see the original? No, I haven't. So if you've seen the original, see this one, and then tell me which one is better. But I liked yesterday's. Um, And then I went, of course, to see my boy's movie about my father. Check that out as well. Now let's talk about my NBA, your NBA, because they're investigating a referee, Eric Lewis, over alleged burner account. Woo, we got to take a picture of Eric Lewis. He just looked guilty. His hairline, his head shape, he just looked like a little bad boy who done got big and still being bad. Man, this dude, let's talk about how the NBA has opened up an investigation into the referee involving a Twitter account that responded to numerous posts on league officiating and defended Lewis and other NBA referees. Yeah, y'all heard me. He is out there creeping in them Twitter streets and he trying to be covert, but trying to pump up not only himself, but NBA referees and he got caught slipping. The accountant question, which has since been deleted. Uh Oh, you delete it. And if it ain't you, Somebody else deleted, but if it's not you, why would they delete it? See, like to me, this already just smelled guilty because if I'm a normal person and I'm like, I'm not deleting my account because the NBA is investigating an official. That's not me. I'm me, right? So obviously it was a burner account. It's kind of like the feds when they own to you. Eh, just, just admit it. <laughs> just plead guilty so you can get a shorter sentence. Do not go out there and stress this out. So the account in question that was deleted had a name called Blair Cutliffe. Boy, he went to all extents to try to hide his smoke. Bear, Blair Cutliffe, at Cutliffe Blair, was the account. Now, the issue is a league rule against referees commenting on officiating publicly without authorization. If it can be proved that Lewis was making such statements, he could face discipline. 
19 seasons as a referee. So he hasn't been doing this since his old career, obviously, because Twitter wasn't out 19 years ago. But his ass still jumped on there and got thirsty. Isn't that crazy? Let's stop down here. You've been doing this for 19 years. And when did Twitter come out? 2009 or something like that? And you've been doing it way longer than that, but all of a sudden you felt the urge, the need to respond to the trolls and to the eggs, and you already been in this profession before. 2006 is when it came out. Come on, big dog. You got to do better than that. Mm-hmm. All right, so 1,100 games, 82 playoff games, one of the NBA's highest-rated officials mm-hmm. in recent years. I wonder why he rated so damn high. He the one over there grading himself with his old fake account, his old hack account. So he's also worked game one of the Western Conference Finals between the Nuggets and Lakers on May 16th. Okay, I want y'all to see these tweets. We got those examples right there. You got LeBron James. Somebody said that LeBron is 0-82 when Eric Lewis officiates. And then you see at the bottom, oh, <laughs> old Blair Cutliffe uh, obviously knows something different because Blair Cutliffe was in that game. He said, um, Memphis game one. Then he did another one with Jason Tatum. <laughs> this is hilarious. Uh, he said, well, somebody was showing that Eric Cutliffe wasn't there to save him. He says, so he saved them in the first two games. Get the hell out of, oh, he didn't even say hell. Get the funk out of here. See, come on, Eric, do better. Y'all keep hating. Stop blaming the rest for the C's success. And then you can see that little big boy, that, <laughs> that little bad boy. Look at that hairline. I know you guilty. Oh, man. So here's the thing that I thought about. Because once I had a YouTube burner account, and it was by accident because I kept opening it up so many Gmails that I had so many extra YouTube accounts. And there was a moment about four or five months where I was just burning out. I was over there tweeting on stuff talking on stuff that I would normally not say because I'm like, I'm trying to be a role model responsible. I wouldn't say that. Then finally I caught myself said, man, be yourself. You know, you don't give two damn. So I cut some of the X rated stuff out, but I do know what that feels like to have that urge and to scratch that itch of having a burner account. But why are you wired to think what others thinks matters that much is the question. You got to build up that muscle to block out outsider opinions. That's what it is. And that's why I love KD, because not only did he have one, he admitted to having one. Gives a damn. Come on, Eric Lewis, call KD, figure this thing out. Thanking you for your viewership on Brings TV and Reese TV and your membership on YouTube at Wally's World. And this week, oh, you know we're going to have our Friday swag giveaway. We're going to hook y'all up. And what are we doing this week? This is a limited edition Dallas Cowboys jersey. Now, someone told me it's a practice jersey. I don't remember wearing it because, you know, in Dallas, I wasn't there long enough and I ain't played good enough, so my memory's lost. (laughs) But this is a limited edition Dallas Cowboys jersey that I'm going to give away on Friday. So join our YouTube membership, Wiley World, and tomorrow we're supposed to debut our new show format, which is going to star you. So make sure you get your membership as well. All right. Speaking of starring, Scottie Pippen, which his star was a little brighter. Not as bright as Michael Jordan, but brighter than Scottie Pippen's star is, right? Because he says Michael Jordan was horrible before he joined the Bulls. Let's talk about it. So he's stirring the pot once again. We already know the Hall of Famer, six-time champion with the Bulls, suggested on Stacey King's 
give me the hot sauce podcast that Michael Jordan was a horrible, and I quote, horrible player before he joined the Bulls, and that LeBron James has had a better statistical career than Jordan. One of those is certainly true, statistically. Um, Pippen's comments were, LeBron will be the greatest stat guy to ever play the game of basketball, and there's no comparison to him. None. So does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game? I'll leave that up for debate because I don't believe there's a great player because our game's a team game. Amen. And one player can't do it. I saw Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. You guys saw him play. He was a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one. Ding, 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 ding. He's shooting bad shots. And all of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning and everybody forgot who he was. Ding, 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 ding. All right, let me give you some context. Let's first talk about LeBron, get that out of the way, because this ain't really no LeBron conversation, really. LeBron James had the most points. We know fourth most assists, good Lord, in NBA history. We heard that, right? Most points and fourth most assists. Are you passing or scoring? Um, I'm going to do both. He's the only player in NBA history with over 25K points, 10K assists, 10K rebounds. What else is there to do, coach? So, yes, from a statistical perspective, James's resume stands alone. But calling Jordan horrible in the first three seasons, uh, when he was the 84-85 rookie of the year, ding, 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 led the NBA in scoring 37, 7.1 points per game when they was out there hand-checking and over there bodyguarding cats, woo, in the 87 season, never dipped below 45% shooting from the field in any of those seasons as well, and led to the the Bulls to the playoffs in all three campaigns. Came up short, but still led them there. All right, so that's some context. Gave you the LeBron stuff, gave you the Jordan stuff. Now, the Bulls put a far better team around them in the years to follow, which included Phil Jackson, which included Scottie Pippen. And you got to remember, at that time when they were at it, People were arguing already that Jordan was the most dominant player in the NBA. I wonder why they were thinking that. Maybe because he scored 37 points a damn game. So the question everybody wants to know is, who agrees with Scottie Pippen on this one? I'm going to tell you that Scottie Pippen doesn't even agree with Scottie Pippen. I think he exaggerated his analysis. It was hyperbolic for one reason. Because Scottie feels shorted by history. And it's in part our fault. Scottie Pippen looks at himself and he's like, dog, I came somewhere where it wasn't that good and he was amazing. So in a team sport, he's amazing. They're not that good. I get there. All of a sudden, we get the ultimate results. So he knows he's not the best player on the team. Scottie Pippen's issue is not that. His issue is that the gap is too damn wide between Michael Jordan and his individual greatness and all the love he gets for the Bulls' success and what Scottie Pippen gets for that same impact on the Bulls' success. He can just sit back in his quiet time and say, without me, what did you win? Where Jordan can't say, I won without you. You get that? So they both were sitting there like, all right, Jordan, you were the man before me. Did you win? No. I got there. I won with you, right? Okay. Now, I didn't win without you, Jordan, but damn it, you didn't do it without me either. So let's close the gap. That's all Scottie Pippen is saying. 
He is suffering from what a lot of wives, ladies suffer from. Why do I know this? Because I have a wife who suffers like many from a lack of appreciation. And I am guilty of not always showing that appreciation. And the basketball universe right now is not showing that appreciation to Scottie Pippen. Let me tell you why. He's one of the best number twos of all time, without doubt. We know that, right? And you can say he can over there and flirt with some of the number ones that we have seen before. We get that. But he feels like he's not getting his proper respect from the fans, y'all, me, from MJ. We all saw the Last Dance documentary and how that played him out. And also in real life, let's just be real about it. His ex-wife and everything that she's been up to has put his name in the tabloids and not in a glowing manner. So Scottie Pippen is not only suffering from Jordan pushing him down, the basketball fans in the universe not properly appreciating him, but now he's in the tabloids for the wrong reasons, including his ex-wife, you know, mother of his kids, dating his teammate's son. What is going on? Michael Jordan's son. What is going on? So Scottie Pippen is suffering from a lack of appreciation is shorter than history, which is making him act out and say things that are exaggerated like Michael Jordan was horrible. What he meant to say is if Michael Jordan would give me some more love, he wouldn't be looked at by me as such a horrible person that I'm now confusing as a horrible player. Y'all need to fix this right now because Jordan, Jordan coming off petty too. Beef with Barkley because he told you about your ownership. Beef with Pippen just because you didn't want him that close to you in number two. Eh, nobody looks like they're innocent in this situation. Come on, because Scotty was amazing to watch. One of the best players ever to watch. He needs to get a little more love, a little more shine. Thanking you for your viewership, Brinks TV and Reese TV. This is actually take two, y'all. Y'all don't know that, but I already messed this up before. And for your membership on YouTube. And those members on YouTube are eligible to win this limited edition Marcellus Wiley Dallas Cowboys jersey. Why is it limited edition? Because look at it. You won't see this Cowboys jersey everywhere, but it's authentic. It's official. And I got y'all hooked up. Want to know why it's so pearly white, so Clorox clean? Because I ain't do a damn thing when I was in Dallas. But take Jerry's money and run. I wasn't even running that fast, so Jerry could have caught me. But this is for somebody on Friday when we have our swag giveaways. Got to find a different word for giveaway because it feels like I'm just giving y'all something. Nah, we are in relationship. I'm hooking y'all up because y'all hooking me up. All right, let's get into Le'Veon Bell stories right now because um, he says he used to smoke on the ganja, the marijuana. He said he used to puff, puff, and not give before games. And he also ripped his old coach, Adam Gates. Let's talk through it. Le'Veon Bell admitted that he used to smoke on that thing before his games. And we know he used to play in the NFL, wasn't there last year. But he opened up on it on the Steel Here podcast, which focuses on the Steelers. And he played for the Steelers from 13 to 17. I ain't gonna lie. It felt like that dude was there forever because he was tilting. Le'Veon Bell was special. Yes, what's that sauce that they got at McDonald's? I don't know. It was Le'Veon Bell. Special sauce. This sucker here. Woo! Le'Veon Bell used to get the ball, walk to the line of scrimmage, point, I'm going that way, 
go in there, come back out, walk out, go around, and nobody tackled him. I was like, what the hell is going on? The dude was special. All right, this is what he had to say. Looking back on this, that's what I did. When I was playing football, I smoked, bro. <laughs> I love when they throw a bro in there. They try to get familiar with you, you know? Like, hey, bro, like, let's be cooler than we are because you might not like that. I used to smoke weed, didn't think I was a professional, so you throw a bro in there. Even before the games, I smoke and I go out there and run for 150, two touchdowns. I'm going to stop down right here because I know kids watch this. At least a lot of parents tell me that they actually let their kids watch this because I'm always trying to inspire and make sure that they learn something or unlearn something. We're not here just to argue about results and beat up these athletes. Le'Veon talked about when he scored two touchdowns and ran for 150, puffing. But I could go through that record and see some other games, and I wonder what was the suffering from all that puffing on those games as well. So make sure when someone's not doing the exact right thing they should be doing, because nobody drinking alcohol before the game. They shouldn't be. Well, I've heard a story or two. But nobody should be smoking weed before a game. And if you even have success in that game, that's not something to promote with high esteem. It should be still looked down upon, especially when you don't point out the lowlights or the bad games or the fumbles, etc. So when Bell finally left the Steelers, he played for the Jets 2019 and two games in 2020. Jets coach at the time was Adam Gase. Y'all remember him under criticism from Bell on the podcast because <laughs> here we go. Le'Veon said, bro, we get to New York and that's when you instantly find out that head coaches make a huge difference. As soon as I get to New York, I find out like the first week, bro, the team wasn't that great. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like if Coach Tomlin was coaching that team, we win nine games at least. It's to the point where Sam Darnold don't even know like the actual lines protections because he's so confused about our offense because the coach is confusing him. Bell said that Gase also was terrible at calling plays. Let me give Bell all his props other than he was just insane with that ball. Three-time pro bowler, two-time all-pro as a stiller. Also suspended twice for violating the NFL substance abuse policy while with the Steelers. That's why I don't like the positive promotion of what he did, even though he may not mean it that way. He just may be saying, hey, matter of fact, I used to smoke weed before the game. Storytelling time, right? NFL retired player, even though he says he's not retired, think the game is going to retire him. We'll see. But a, a player who hasn't played in a year or so is now just reflecting on his days. All right, I get all of that. Now, He's been a professional boxer. We know last season he wanted to play, and he's talking about coming back this year. Wants to play in the preseason to show the world he can still play. All right, a little Al Bundy sounding ass, but nah, he ain't Pokai yet, but at the same time, he's getting close. All right, here's my thoughts on this whole situation. Vices like this aren't a problem when you're at your peak powers, okay? So let's not even confuse that. It's when you're in your valleys that you got to understand that. It will also, and this is what doesn't get highlighted enough, no matter what your peak is, no matter who you are, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Le'Veon Bell, it will shorten that peak. Michael Jordan had his vices. Y'all know what they are, well-documented. Dude had to retire twice. Different reasons, you can say whatever, but he never ran the full marathon straight up, right? The marathon of an entire career. Tiger Woods, you can say his vices. Everybody had that vice, it seemed like. Every man I know. 
shorten his career because guess what spiraled out of control start having mental health issues etc broke up the family lost some interest in the game started getting hurt etc Le'Veon Bell felt like he played forever didn't it feel like he was gonna be the man forever didn't we think that <sighs> now some of the decisions you look back on including smoking weed before the game maybe undermine why Le'Veon Bell didn't have a longer peak career, you know? He had the talent, certainly. So let's make sure that's it. Two, you create another opponent when you do something like this. Because now, before you even play the game and see the other color out there, your body's fighting itself to just get you in the position that you are in your prime abilities on that field. So before you prepare for the opponent, you are the opponent because your body's like, dog, what you putting in me? This ain't pure. Come on, listen to some Andre 3000 before. Don't do this. And the last thing are, these are the sounds of the brakes of someone who's trying to slow down while they're coming down the hill or eventually crashing off the road. These type of conversations, complaints, real statements, I know, because I've been guilty of them as well, are the sounds of the brakes trying to slow you down coming down the hill. Hopefully Le'Veon gets another opportunity. I love to see a guy get opportunity, prove me wrong. But at the same time, prove me wrong without hitting the, the bong. <laughs> Stupid. Thanking you for your viewership, Brinks TV, Reese TV, and your membership in the YouTube Wally's world continues to grow. Why? Maybe because I keep hooking it up. Look at this limited edition Dallas Cowboys jersey. Oh, with no grass stains, no turf stains on it right here. This will be yours. I will tat, 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 tat that up for you personalize it all to love that's going to be on our friday swag away yes yeah, swag away let's call it swag aways on fridays that's what i'm gonna hook y'all up with so stay tuned and stay with your boy all right all right let's talk about shannon sharpen somebody should have stayed with him maybe a big fat rottweiler or something somebody in the crib because he lost a million dollars in jewelry and had some bags stolen from his home so now shannon sharp is offering a generous award for that the reward is 50K, $50,000 for information about the million dollar burglary that took place at his LA mansion mm. last Friday, according to TMZ. Man, big house. It's funny, like when someone says mansion, it's okay, but I hope that we don't say mansion. Like somebody like that, you wanna come to my mansion? Like it sounds different, right? Reads different than it sounds. So the 54 year old, man. He making 54 look great, dog. I ain't got no excuses. I'm over here 48 talking about my knees, and this dude just got a new hip at 54 looking amazing. So we know who Shannon Sharp is, co-host of Undisputed. He reportedly called police on the evening of May 19th after he returned home and noticed he was missing expensive watches, jewelry, and some designer bags. Watches, jewelry, and some designer bags for you guys out there saying, how you got up to a million dollars? It adds up fast. Why? One, it's not just retail value. It's appraisal value. One thing people got to know about jewelry is it gets appraised at high values. Like some of the stuff I've had before over the past two, three, four, five X in terms of the appraisal value. So if you bought something for 10K, oh, appraise that 50K. You're like, what? And I'll tell you why that matters a little bit later. So the police said the alleged stolen items are worth around a million. All right. And the investigation is ongoing. Happened between 7 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. according to police. 
after Sharp had left his place for a few hours to attend dinner with his friends. All right, I don't know if this was a weekday or not, but you know Shannon got curfew because that show come on early. <laughs> I remember that. You used to talk. I like, Shannon, I'll never see you out. You're like, you never will because I'm over there. I got to get up early. Skip Bayless gets up earlier than anybody I know just to get that run on and his workout on and the Mountain Dews going and the show going. So, yeah, they got early wake-up times. All right, so far, there have been no arrests made and no obvious signs of forced entry. Uh-oh. All right, it's time to get our Matlock hats and put them back on. Okay, my takeaways from this. One, when there's no sign of no force entry, you immediately think inside job, right? Damn it. Somebody you trust, somebody you know, somebody you like, somebody you love had to help in this situation somehow. Why? They didn't break in. So either A, they got the key, they got the code, they got the alarm code, access points, they know where you bury the treasure as well. So with no signs of force entry, that two and a half hour window is long enough to do a lot of damage, a lot of dirt, but no signs of force entry and they knew where to go and they got exactly what they wanted and they didn't take just anything in that house. They took from the top three items and dip set, right? All right. So that all leads some FBI wannabe detective like myself to thinking that this is an inside job. The only other thought I would have, and I'm not putting this on Shannon, I'm just putting this out there so you can beat up the thoughts so that you can know which one makes more sense, is there used to be this thing going around that rappers used to do, especially, at least they got the headlines for it, but because of the high appraisal values, remember I told you that, right? That people were losing things on purpose. And a lot of them, I think even someone got caught at the airport before. Since I don't know for a fact, I'm not going to say their name, but I do know <laughs> it happened. Um, losing stuff, right? So this is how it goes. You got this high insurance policy, right? And you got your umbrella policy and you got your jury policy. And your jury policy insures you for up to a million dollars. And now you got all this jury in your house. And two things may be happening, if not more. One is, I don't really need all this young stunner energy and jewelry anymore. I ain't going to the clubs like that. I don't want this. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give it away. Oh, no, you're not going to give it away because nobody's going to buy it for that value. Oh, I can't sell it for the value that it is, some of this stuff. Because some of this stuff is just, you know, let's be real. Ball, we ain't buying the stuff that appraises and resales at that value, just the stuff that appraises high. All that, all that trunk jewelry, rapper jewelry, stuff that we were buying, all them pendants and charms I was buying that said, that dude this wide, ain't nobody trying to buy that back. So what happens is you lose it. <laughs> it just comes up missing, right? And then if you can't find it, if you got the right insurance and most people with money got the right insurance, guess what you do? You claim it. And all of a sudden, guess what you get? A million dollar check jury gone or jury somewhere else and a million dollar check it's a racket that people run not putting any of this on Shannon Sharp I'm just here to let you learn and unlearn okay so with that said I'm gonna tell you guys some of the things that I've seen happening around celebs and people of high net worth because everybody now has got the memo 
Um, but the memo to me was sent in, what, the 80s when you watched the end of Scarface? And that sucker got robbed and killed at his crib with a fort <laughs> with 900 guards. They scaling the walls. They got machine guns in your bathroom. And in that moment, I was like, ain't nobody 100% safe in this world. Seriously. Like, as a kid, from that moment, I have never believed in 100% security and peace. Kind of disturbing, but it sent me that message loud and clear. So now I know guys who have security guards, private details as well. I used to hire some when I used to go to Miami, Memorial Day. I don't know why it was stupid. It almost brought more attention than it was supposed to protect me from because now I'm walking around with these two twin tower dudes and I'm already big and I'm shining and all I'm saying is don't rob me. Why? Because they are there wearing don't rob me shirts and muscles and I'm sitting there like, damn, I'm stunting though. Like I'm letting the girls know she's talking to me. I'm looking, I'm looking and then, you know, somebody disrespect me. I ain't got to do nothing. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they out the section like stuff. So it was like this ego play more than it almost was for the protection. But there are some people that just need the protection. I'm not trying to put that on everybody. And I was just sitting there like, man, stop bringing these dudes around for attention. Kind of feels like when we land in road cities and on the road and then they would give us the police escorts with the buses. And I was like, if we didn't have these policemen with sirens doing all this extra attention, I think people would just be like, those are just regular buses. <laughs> Ain't no players on there, but I get the security issues. So now I know cats with dough. In my neighborhood, we got the police. You got your alarm company. And there are higher private patrolmen and details that camp out in front of their house, right? They camp out every single day. I told you the time that I walked down the street and I was with my two kids. No, all three of my kids, all three. Two in a stroller and one MJ walking with me. And I stopped to get him some snacks and some fruit in front of this house. And then this house was like some YouTube influencer, big time, right? And um, I don't know who it was. And I stopped. And as I stopped to get his snacks and stuff, I felt somebody coming. But he was coming for me, not coming just to be walking in the neighborhood. And I look up and he's like, oh, what's up, Marcellus? How you doing? And I was like, oh, what's up? What's up? He's like, oh, man, I'm just making sure everything is safe and cool out here. And I was like, damn, that's how it is. He's like, that's how it is. And he showed me. He hides in the trunk of this car overnight, smoked out windows. He just hides in there. And he's just watching the house the whole night. And I was like, what? And this sucker was coming out that morning. Things weren't right by me. Things could have been wrong for me. So I know it's happening a lot. Uh, there is no rhyme or reason to this. It's just happening. Other than you think he got the dough or you know he got the dough, he got the jewels, he got the watches, etc. Because a lot of robberies happen in bad neighborhoods as well. Well, you expect them not to have as much. But now we're seeing it go outside those borders. So the craziest thing about this is that, man, Shannon had a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> a lot of stuff in there. And they knew exactly what to get and they got it. But thankfully, no matter what, Shannon Sharp is safe. He wasn't home at the time, so he hasn't had to deal with that level of the trauma, even though his peace certainly was disturbed. Thoughts for you, big dog, because even though nothing happened to you emotionally, that's still something hard to deal with. All right, y'all, y'all know how we end every show with a Wiley-ism. Oh, yeah. If you have everything under control, 
You're not moving fast enough. That's right. That is so cool to hear because when things get out of control, sometimes you blame yourself and you start to guilt trip yourself and say, why don't you get smarter or more organized or bring it under control or get things contained instead of realizing, no, maybe I'm just challenging myself, right? Maybe I'm just dealing with stuff that's one step in front of me, just an inch outside of my grasp so I can go get that, right? Because I tell my son this all the time, especially in his skills of not only his homework, his math, his reading, his athletics. I was like, things go like this in cycle. They're hard. And then they become easy with repetition and comfort and practice. And then you advance to the next level. That's hard. <laughs> and then it becomes easy because of repetition and comfort and practice. And then you advance to the next level. Y'all get the point. So look, in this world, man, do not beat yourself up. Always be your biggest cheerleader and keep things in perspective. So if you feel like things are getting out of control and crazy, oh, man, remember this one. If you have everything under control, you're not moving fast enough. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, Dad Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Swally, Paul Anderson, and Nick Panella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wally's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming from more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.